Hello, and welcome to the monthly breakfast podcast, the very first of a collection of stories, insights, and concepts centered on creating a better tomorrow. My name is Mel, and I'm very sorry for my voice, but I will be your host for today. This podcast is a creation stemming from Cohabs, a co-living brand focused on community, sustainability, and innovation. So to start things off with a bang, we're going to tackle a topic that has been making rounds on the internet as of late, leaving your nine to five or your corporate job and discovering your true passion. Have you ever dreamed about quitting your job to become a freelancer and travel the world or opening up a cafe or brewery on your own terms? Well, today we have two guests who did exactly that. Please welcome Charles-Louis and Xavier Patella. How are you both doing? Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. We're doing great. Thank Fantastic. you. So we're going to start with the basics because I know you both, but our listeners don't. Could you very briefly give an intro into who you are and what you're doing right now? Um, hello. So as you said, my name is Charles Lewis. Um, I'm currently an, and have been for the last two years uh, an entrepreneur in the field of waste uh, management and brewing. Um, two years ago, I started a, a beer made out of out of recycled bread and today we just pivoted into making bread available for every brewer. Wow, that's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Xavier? Uh, hi, um, I'm Xavier. Um, so this year it's been 10 years that I'm uh, freelancing. Uh, I mainly do creative direction and uh, photography and videography. And uh, before that I was a web developer. So I had a big switch in my, my career. Very cool. So obviously very different profiles, but I guess the similarity is you started at point A and you decided that you were going to make a change. I'm going to ask, at what point did you feel like you needed to make a change? You wanted to step away from what were you doing? Maybe what we start with what you were doing first and when we were like, I, I want to get into making beer. Yeah, um, I think it's the result of a very long process. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint one day where uh, it shifted and I decided that I was ready. It's been a, an ongoing reflection. The, the fact of uh, the dream of becoming an entrepreneur has started a long time ago. But so I started, I did a, I studied here in Brussels, um, marketing and economics. Nice. And then I, I moved to uh, Spain where I did a master's in general business. Um, and after that, I had a brief experience in entrepreneurship, not being myself an entrepreneur, but participating to an entrepreneurship project uh, that had, was launched by friends. But then I quickly started a career at Ebinbev. So the brewery, for those who don't know, uh, it's the biggest brewery in the world. I worked there for seven years in different functions, uh, nothing close to production, worked in finance, logistics, commercial. Um, and then as in every career, you have ups and downs and uh, uh, successes and, and difficulties. I think retrospectively, my career was uh, great. But uh, there's been downs sometimes that uh, made me think and reflect a bit on you know, the, the future that I saw for my personal life and career. And so at some point I felt like I had reached a stage where I could be satisfied with the goals I had set 10 years earlier. And it was, you know, time to, if ever, uh, to try to be an entrepreneur. And that's when I, I decided it was, it was the right time. Okay, cool. That's, that seems a bit intense, I guess. Going off of that that moment of change, Xavier, do you have a specific moment when you're like, all right, I'm doing this, I'm taking the plunge, or was it more gradual for you? Yeah, there, there is a specific time, I think, where I, I really uh, 
decided to to jump because it was kind of to jump at the same time. I, I went from employee to freelance and I went from a developer to a photographer. So even my, my network of developer was, was not something I could use when I jumped as a freelance because I was completely jumping on another the sector. So I was working for Bose, the, the audio brand, yep. and I worked for them three years uh, as a developer. I was um, developing uh, everything that was related to the websites uh, for Bose Europe. And at a certain point, I was getting interviews to find another job. So I was starting to look for something else because uh, simply I was bored. It was okay. boring. But you were, sorry, you were still thinking about staying as a developer at that point. At that point, I was just looking for another opportunity. And because I was looking to be safe financially, I was looking for developer or creative director or something okay. in that those areas. And I started getting interviews. And after the interview, I started getting offers. And when I got the, 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 the two, three first offers, I was like, um, um, I, I can project myself in, in like a couple of months. Uh, it's going to be fun because first it's going to be meeting new people, having new projects. But then at a certain point, I'm going to get bored again. And this is maybe not what I want. And that's when I start declining those offers that were interesting that I start, was thinking, what am I going to do? And then I start thinking, okay, let's maybe not work for someone. Let's work for myself and and jump as a freelance. And when I took that decision, then it it went fast because then I start, yeah, okay, but if I go freelance, I don't want to code anymore. I want to do something completely different. And that was the the moment. <laughs> okay. So for both of you, did you did you keep your I guess for the sake of it? And your nine to five job while you initiated the process, or was it like cold, like hard stop switch? So in my case, I start my career um, before Bose. I was already working in agency as a developer. Photography was already a, a strong passion, so I was freelancing on the weekend. So I was doing weddings and stuff like that on the weekend uh, to actually uh, help pay for for the gear. <laughs> And I did that for, um, yeah, I did f that for a couple of years. I think I was part-time freelance for seven years. And then when I made the jump to go full-time freelance, I started a company and, uh, and I completely stopped everything related to development. It's only when I went full-time that it was a, a real cut. And in my case, it was a clear cut, quite intense. It's impossible for me to do two things very radically different uh, at the same time, especially when it's... You know, I can manage my private life together with my professional life, but it's hard to f to be in a job that you want to quit and, and to start a new job of that course. you hope can become the future. So I, I really had to cut uh, straight. So I resigned in January and made a deal with my boss that I would only leave in July. So I had six months of, you know, full-time job, but where I could think and start already preparing for the future. I had promised myself that I wouldn't think of anything and take like a year of, of reflection. Wow. But after, during those six months, I already had the, the, the new idea. And so uh, w when I left, I took one month of holiday and then I, I, I started. You got straight into it. Wait, yeah. so you, sorry. So you already had the idea when you told your boss or you knew that you wanted to go off on your own, but you weren't sure to do what yet? Yeah. So when I told my boss, in specifically in January, I told my boss, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to leave. But then I started <laughs> thinking, you know, and, and before I actually left the company, I already knew. Okay. That's sort of the cool. area that I wanted to explore. So your boss was cool with that? He was a nice guy. Yeah, she. Oh, she, okay. <laughs> That's, That's why. No, I don't. <laughs>
No, I, nice. she didn't know, uh, you ah. know, like, I mean, it grew in my head and then right. I left and I started meeting people and th- and the blocks uh, fell into place. Yeah. Super cool. It was not as clear, you know, during those six months mm-hmm. as it became. Okay. So you both mentioned kind of starting off and a bit of a transition versus hard cut, kind of shifting to people when you first had the idea that you wanted to go off on your own or work for yourself. Did you talk to people that were close to you? Did you have anyone that was like, no, that's an awful idea. You should not do that. And you need a stable job. And were there any people that made a big difference in how you went about it or influenced? Not at all. I think there's always people that are, you know, scared or that sure. project their own fears on you mm-hmm. and, and, and for some reason trying to change your mind just to feel better with themselves, yeah. you know. But there wasn't too much of that in my case. And uh, yes. there might have been in the past, but mm-hmm. then you reach a point where... You know, it's your decision and, and, you know, that's what makes you happy. It's quite mm-hmm. hard to accept. For, personally, what was hard is to find the right words to explain to my colleagues that I want, that I needed to go. Um, I love them. You know, it, it's been a great experience. I had, at the time, probably the best boss that I had mm-hmm. had in my career. We're still in touch. We texted today, actually. Um, so it was very hard for me to, to say goodbye to this first part of my life that and who made me, you know, who I am and gave me the business skills that I have today. And what I found the hardest perhaps after that is when you leave, you have to reinvent yourself. You know, you were mentioning that you were, um, it was a challenge on, on two different uh, aspects. And, and for me, it's been on a thousand aspects. I think <laughs> like I had put all my energy in, into this job. I had plans for my life where the job was a big part. And suddenly I have to reinvent what I want professionally, what I want privately, can they be, you know, aligned? A lot of introspection. That was probably the, the toughest, but n- not the people around. Yeah. Okay. That's good. It's lucky then. Or maybe you're good at finding the right people that are around you so that they don't doubt you, yeah. what you want to do. Xavier, anybody that try to get in your way? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually thinking of, about my mom <laughs> for, a, for a specific reason. It, I'm always like projecting and, and, and trying to, to visualize uh, like in advance to anticipate things. And uh, the first thing uh, I, I, I played in my mind while, while I was uh, thinking, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go freelance. I know I will do it. I will start a company and I will work for my own. I started projecting what could go wrong. Maybe I have no clients. Okay, then what? Then no money. Then what? Then maybe I cannot pay the bills. Then maybe I have to sell my apartment. I, then I, I went deeper in that. And then what if I... I, I need to find a job again, but I don't find it. Then I, that is going to be really, really bad. And I have to sell everything. Uh, and then I was discussing that. And then I, I told that to my mom. And she told me like, you know, you can always sleep on my couch and eat at my table. And I was like, yeah, that's the worst case scenario, actually. It's <laughs> the worst case scenario. And at that moment, I was like, well, if that's the worst that can happen, I can just jump, it's going to be okay. So that was a bit of like the declick. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's good that, yeah, moms are always there. <laughs> okay, so I have another... Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to his mom. <laughs> so this is going to, I'm going to ask you both this question. At this point, kind of what you've learned and where you are in your process, if you had to redo it, would you change anything? And if so, what? If I could do it again, I think I would go faster. Okay, you'd go uh, faster. I would, let's say, jump faster. I think I wait a mm. long time to... In terms of when you left in your term job? Of career, yeah, in terms okay. of career, I was really... Uh, I like to say that I kind of tried to follow the instruction manual, you know, that life 
throw at you, says like, hey, you have to get a diploma, then get a job. Then when you get a job, get really good at your job, get promoted and get the best at, of the best. Mm-hmm. And um, the I kind of did like, I followed the instruction manuals. I was really fine where I was, a good position, good salary, everything. And it's only when I reached that point that I say, okay, now maybe time to do whatever I want to do <laughs> and take risks. So if I could do it again, I think I would just get rid of the instruction manual and just jump directly uh, and follow from the my passion straight away. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Not to repeat the same thing, maybe I'll, I'll say, I'll try to do it with more confidence because speed is a hard thing to increase because you cannot go faster than, you know, who you are and, and sure. you need to digest things. And, and I think the time you take is the time you should have taken. Obviously, I'm quite frustrated. I didn't do it uh, earlier as well, right? But uh, but in terms of fear, like I wish I had less fears, you know, because when you jump, then you start being afraid of all the things you said and, and more. And then you, this prevents you to make sometimes the right choices or to trust the right people or to just follow your instincts. And if I could do it again, I think that's the one thing I would change. Well, that's good advice. And that applies to a lot of things. If I can yeah. jump on that, there were moments at the beginning because yeah, for me, it's been 10 years. So I had some tough years at the start. Like I was almost give, giving up like, okay, I'm going to go back to employee life and that's it. And then I passed those years. And yeah, in May this year, when I looked back and I was like, oh, this is actually, it's been 10 years I'm doing this. Well, now when things go, maybe when things are a bit harder, doesn't stress me anymore. It's just like, oh yeah, that's just a, that's just a roller coaster, and I'm on the downside now and it's going to go back up soon. Okay, that's, you kind of answered my next question a little bit, but, <laughs> and that's a really good answer. And for now that you're kind of more into things, how do you sustain it? Did you have a plan to sustain it when you started? Were you thinking this is going to last 10 years? This is going to be long-term? Or were you just taking it day by day and kind of, taking it in as you want? I still take it day by day, mm-hmm. even now. And uh, I want to say year by year, because uh, as a freelance, you can, I mean, you can work as, as, as much as you want. Nobody's going to stop you. Sometimes you can have like two, three projects at the same time. So the client don't know, but you are actually getting paid three times uh, <laughs> more because you are taking so much things at the same time. To me, a mistake would be, because I, I did that, is to run after all those jobs and, and, and get more and more and more and more and more and always more. Now, I'm, I mean, uh, my system, I call it my system, is a bit different, is that uh, at the beginning of the year, I, I fixed myself a target in terms of business and, 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 and finance. And it's a target that, it's, it's not like a target to, to become rich or something, it's a target to be able to have a life, normal lifestyle, uh, without a problem. Once I reach that target, I kind of stop working for clients, start working for my own project, personal project, travel. Uh, I call it like a spiritual time. Uh, if I'm lucky, for example, I don't know, uh, we are in, we reached the month of May of June and, uh, and it happened once in June that I reached my target uh, after six months. Well, then I consider that this, the, the, the next six months, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to take any clients if I don't want to. And that, that's a bit uh, my way of... More freedom. Yeah, more freedom. The, the free of freelance is really important to me. <laughs> okay. 
Cool. I join you on that. Uh, it, it's, it's a reflection I had as well, where, where and it's really a personal experience. It doesn't have to apply to anyone working as an employee. But I, I thought that as an employee, you don't have your destiny in your hands. You know, you work for somebody else. Obviously, you have freedom, you have a salary, and you are paid fairly for what you do. But it's not the same thing as being your own boss, let's say, or, or being responsible for the choices you make. And one of the things I realized when I left is you don't need so much money to be happy or to, you know, live a life. In InBev, you're very well paid and we have good bonuses. And, and so it puts you in a situation where you always want more, hoping that this is what's going to make you happy. And one of the things I figured is when, you, when I left is when I took my destiny in my hands, that's what makes me happy rather than the money. And I had many discussions with friends that are still... Uh, in the dark side, who, who this is a joke, but uh, oh, who, who, so uh, true. <laughs> who still think like that you need so much money, you know, on top of that, we live in a world where we now know that there's, you know, only so much money available and it would be quite nice if everyone could have a share. And really, we just need nothing, you know, like if, if you, if, if you work on being happy, that money will not, uh, we only participate to that happiness. And so, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned your friends. What would you say to somebody, like pretend I'm someone that's like, no, I have to make this much every year and I have to make more every year. How do you convince somebody that by going off on their own or taking that risk, that that's worth it as opposed to what they've learned from society, from their life, that more money is the answer? I think being an entrepreneur or, or working for, for um, within a structure with a, a boss um, both are fine, right? Yeah. It really depends on your personality and your uh, risk aversion. And it's just, we need to be aware of, of the, the pros and cons of both, right? Uh, we're talking now a lot about the pros and cons of being an entrepreneur because it's the topic of today, but there are a lot of pros of being an employee. And there's also this, this trend of like leaving your job and being an entrepreneur. I think people should do it for the right reason, right? Yeah. They should do it because they feel like that's what they want and need for themselves they need it's the right amount of challenge or risk that they are willing to take but it's not a solution to your own fears like you'll face sure. them anywhere yeah well, that's super fair how would you convince somebody actually completely uh, agree on, on what you're saying uh, i like the, the the analogy with the dark side because i think when you're i don't say that being an employee is bad because i've been an employee for seven years and and i know what is it but it's kind of if you are in the good company, you have the good job. It's kind of very, very, very comfortable. And that comfort, the more you are into it, the more it's difficult to actually sure. uh, get cut ties it. with it. I remember when I left, my, my boss told me, uh, is it a financial uh, negotiation that we are having? As I know, because uh, I will probably earn way less <laughs> after than now. So it's not a financial negotiation. Uh, I think you, you really need to know... Um, what makes you happy um, and, uh, and w what do you value, actually? Uh, in, in my case, it, it took some years, but I value time. It's the first thing uh, that I value, it's time. When I sell my service or I work for someone, even as a photographer or a videographer, it's not so much the, the content and the video and the photo that I'm selling, it's my time to do that. And I always say, the, the more I work, I don't want to earn more money. I want to work less time for the same money because I want to get back more and more and more free time. I mean, as a, as a freelance, you must be concerned about your time because you want to save it. And even when people say, yeah, but no, the most important things, it's your family or it's your, it's your kids. Yeah, of course, 
But what are you going to do with your family and your kids if you don't have time to spend with them? So first you protect your time and then you, you, you have the rest. So yeah, how to convince someone, I, I really think you have to, to, to show them that, to, to tell them, okay, you don't know when you're going to die. <laughs> Sorry to go there, but no, you don't know when you're going to die. So it makes you feel that life is unlimited, but actually it will happen someday. Maybe tomorrow, maybe in 10, maybe in 50 years, you don't know. And when it will happen, it will put a limit to your life. And so it means that you can quantify everything you've done. So you better actually um, tell people, okay, you might think you're going to live until 80. Well, then uh, start dreaming. Start doing what you really want. Don't, don't wait for pension. Don't wait, uh, don't wait for, to reach 65 years old to travel because maybe you won't have the health to travel at 65. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I would go a bit dark to convince them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would tend to think the same because nothing's guaranteed. And the yeah. same, and the same for uh, your job, I think. If you're not your own boss, nothing's guaranteed. I would actually say, um, are you ready for chaos and a lot of difficulty? And if they say yes, that means they're, it's a good that's, that's what they want. And yeah. if, if they hesitate, they're probably not ready. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or it's not the right thing. It's not about being ready or not. It's, it's, it's not the, the right thing for them. Right, like some personalities take to that better and yeah. some people rise to the challenge. <laughs> I can imagine the campaign. Do you like <laughs> chaos? If yes, quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate chaos. Okay. So I'm going to go back a few steps. You've been doing this for over 10 years now. And so I, I think most people would agree that's a lot of experience. And I'm biased, but I think you're amazing at what you do. Do you, you still have days where like imposter syndrome creeps back in or you feel like you're not the best no matter how much you've already done? How do you deal with those voices or that, those feelings if they come up? Uh, that's a super interesting question because uh, imposter syndrome, I think it's, it's really crazy because um, it, happens a lot no, of it, it doesn't go away. And, uh, and actually, I, I think even this morning. So <laughs> see, it's really, um, I don't know if it's bad huh? because actually it's been so long now that I feel like that. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of uh, uh, also pushing me uh, because I, I sometimes I... I, I get noticed for a series of pictures, for example. I got a lot of good um, comment on them or good review or even uh, I'm rewarded for them. And then I, I look again and then I'm like, what did they see in it? Or So I, I, I challenge their own um, praise. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, I really think imposter syndrome is, um, I'm not trying to fight it anymore. I don't remember where I, I read that, but someone says that maybe it's one of the characteristic of uh, entrepreneur and freelance to <laughs> to have the imposter syndrome. Motivates, I guess. So I, I I'm not trying to fight it, but uh, yeah, I it's really um, definitely present more time than not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what keeps me trying to uh, go further. Eternally unsatisfied? Yeah, I'm internally With unsatisfied. Well, I can always... Uh, it's only when I work for clients, it's only when I send the version to the client and when they approved it, I consider it's done for the client. Mm -hmm. But if, if it was a personal project for myself, I would probably go further. So, uh, yeah, I only stop when the client is happy, when it's in terms of a business. But, but for myself, I'm on a journey and I just want to go further and further and further. Speaking of journey, when you both first started, I'm assuming you had, you know, the next steps to, to kind of put everything into action. Looking back now at your starting point, has your plan changed at all because of, I don't know, COVID or life circumstances or moving or new ideas? Like you mentioned recently, you guys changing kind of what your brewery is doing in terms of making it more accessible. So 
I started with uh, beer with bread, so we b two C product, mm -hmm. right? Uh, in partnership with a brewer and a baker, we we collected uh, surplus bread from a, a baker, semi-industrial baker, and we brewed it at a brewer. And the the way we organized our uh, project was that the brewer also distributes the beer uh, into his network as a start, and then I would develop the sales, in, uh, develop new networks, um, distribution networks, and, and grow the market like that in the middle of COVID. Um, so we, we've started that and it worked quite well because we really have a new, um, it's hard to reinvent something in beer those days. Like the last big invention was no alcohol beer. And I think that beer with bread is the last big thing that I, I believe uh, is happening to beer. Because it, it touches one of the core ingredients, you can literally take half of the cereal in a beer and replace it with surplus bread and still have a delicious beer without the taste of bread. It's quite amazing. It can make beer very circular. So we believed in that and we started the product. Now, the beer market is very competitive. There is uh, 450 uh, different breweries in Belgium. Wow. Uh, a lot of brands, obviously, because each of them has many brands. Then you have AB InBev and Duvel, Morgat, who are who own 60 to 70% of the market. And so all of that makes it a very competitive market. Um, and to start a new beer with limited funding at a very high price, because our beer is organic, local, uh, fair price, CO2 neutral, with bread. And so it makes it very expensive to produce it's very hard for us to compete in this market. So it's working, but we're never going to make enough money based on the plans that I have to sustain it. But, and that's the whole thing about, that's uh, what happens to every entrepreneur, I think, is at some point you realize what you thought was your strength is actually not your strength, but then you might have developed another strength. And in our case, we realized that really what makes us different than others is that we have a process to transform the bread and we have uh, knowledge on how bread behaves in beer that nobody else has or very right. few people have. And so our idea now is to monetize that with the objective of making money, but also of having much more impact on the environment and people than, than our beer has today. Because with that, we can collect uh, much more bread waste and make it available to any brewer who is open to brewing with bread. Right. Yeah, and making everything more sustainable too, the more brewers that do that. Exactly. And and th this product is helping them reduce their CO2 footprint. Mm -hmm. and it has other other advantages. And and thanks to, so we pivoted. And the pivot doesn't invalidate what we, we've done before. We're, we're building on what we've done. We, we actually kept the beer. The beer is mm -hmm. still there. But the pivot reinforces the whole enterprise. And, sure. and it's a new excitement, gives us new energy, you know. So actually, you know, even better now uh, what they need, because I mean, a part of your process become kind of your product. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and but you went the complete process. So, you know what your client are, are doing with it. So it's uh, indeed it's it's really it's like it's like another company in the company. <laughs> it's like a pilot, you know, yeah, we yeah, thought uh, it was a project. It was just a pilot. Yeah. yeah. That's what now you have a spin off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly <laughs> that. Okay. And I guess, Xavier, do you have any other future plans or do you think you're going to pivot, any, do anything crazy or you're going to keep building with what uh, I'm not sure. I'm doing a lot of introspection <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm, there is a side of me that is still a geek, that is still the developer. And uh, so I, I always look at uh, technology and everything we can do and uh, 
I'm kind of impressed with what AI can do recently, um, especially in terms of photorealistic things. And in my entourage, I have a lot of, of uh, 3D artists, motion designers. So I, d I don't know. I, I start with coding. I went to photography, then videography, then most of my time now I'm doing creative direction. And I'm wondering if I'm not also going to jump into the 3D world. Um, not that I want to do a video games or something like that, but more like I really think in the future there is a lot of things that we can do in 3D, in CGI, that uh, will make things easier than uh, to just grab a camera and take pictures. And I want, I would like to, I find it fun first and I want to play with it. And then I think I can also um, integrate that to my, my, my business. Aside from that, which is very concrete, I like to go with the flow. Honestly, um, it's more for me, it's more like uh, if I wake up in the morning and I'm happy with what I'm doing, then it's fine. Uh, I have projects, but I don't want to like trying too hard to find something to do. It's just uh, if I don't have anything, if I'm like, uh, how do you call that? The artist block, this phase of no, no inspiration, then sometimes I just try to embrace it and say, you know what, let's just... Um, take my laptop, watch Netflix for, for an afternoon and, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's really good advice. I think sometimes you have to take time away. I mean, you can't go 100% all the time. Well, I think that's pretty conclusive. Thank you both very much for your time and your expertise. And that's it for now. And hopefully we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>